Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time, or day by day, of course. Let's not forget about that important factor. And James, uh, remember that thing that we talked about on Friday about how some stuff was missing? And so we, we talked about that for Friday. Well, it happened again. Yeah. Because it was all the same. Not again. It's just this is the second this, part of the, yeah, the one-time yeah, no, thing true. that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, yeah, so this is this is uh, another another uh, Colin and James original recipe sketch. And we have 10 minutes to do it. So here's what happens. Agent <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carter, season one, episode two, starting at 7 minutes and 49 seconds, ending at 37 minutes and 31 seconds. As planned the previous night, Peggy goes to the milk distribution hub with the Vita Ray detector and, posing as a health inspector, determines that there is a truck missing and that it is likely the one that was used for transporting the nitramine. The foreman tells her that the truck is used by Sheldon McPhee. The SSR boys get the ball that used to be the Roxon factory. Dooley says that he thinks whatever actually did this damage, Howard Stark is responsible. He and Jack are going to Roxon to talk to the boss there, and Krasminski is going to stay and start picking through the large ball. Peggy gets McPhee's address, but before going off to hunt him down, she talks to Sousa, who is looking through the racing journal. She gives him a tip, and they establish a joke about that's why they call it gambling, that is the perfect kind of thing that could be called back later. While they're talking, a, te- a lab technician drops a folder with developed film on Sousa's desk. It's from the night at Spider-Man's club where the society page photographer was taking pictures. As he is about to pull the pictures out and see what, was de- what has developed, Krasminski comes into the bullpen at- to delegate some responsibilities. Sousa locks the pictures in a desk drawer. Peggy calls Jarvis from Dooley's office to tell him to get rid of Stark's car. She doesn't want there to be any evidence in the Roxxon sphere that links to Jarvis or Stark. She tells him what she found about Sheldon McPhee, but that they can't leave just yet. Thompson and Dooley meet with Hugh Jones, head of Roxxon Oil. He talks about all the motives Howard would have had to destroy that to destroy that factory. He says that he has industry spies that told him that Howard had been working on a formula for molecular nitramine, which has its roots in Vita radiation. Peggy sneaks over to Seuss's desk to pick the lock with a brooch, but before she can, Dooley calls the office looking for Carter, and Sousa picks up the phone. So Peggy has to sneak back over to her desk and nonchalantly walk over to talk to the chief about meeting them at the Roxxon offices with the Vita Ray detector. She arrives, and Hugh Jones is immediately a sexist pig. <laughs> the plan is that they're going to scan all the rocks on employees for Vita radiation. Peggy will scan the ladies, much to Jack's chagrin. Before she scans anyone, she needs to scan herself in secret. She does so and finds that her wristwatch sets the VRD or Vita Ray detector off and therefore has a high amount of Vita radiation. So she has to throw it away. Miles Von Ert shows up, but he scans clean, and then Peggy realizes that the radiation would be on people's street clothes, not their work uniforms. This realization makes Van Ert run, but they catch him, and Jack and Dooley interrogate him with a stick and a carrot, respectively. Dooley dismisses Carter, and she goes to the LNL to meet Jarvis and drive to New Jersey. Angie has found Carter an apartment. It's the room next to her at the Griffith, but Carter says that she wouldn't make a very good neighbor. Jarvis picks her up, and they drive to Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Meanwhile, Thompson has gotten Van Ert to tell him about Leet, Brannis, and Sheldon McPhee. They get the address. They get the address and also head to New Jersey. Demidoff also gets McPhee's address after killing Gina DeLuccio and all of his guys. Peggy and Jarvis get to McPhee's house. Peggy confirms that McPhee's truck has the nitramine. McPhee is inside listening to the Captain America Adventure Hour. There's a cool fight scene that is done during a fight scene on the radio, so it cuts back and forth between the fight and the foley work. Peggy ties McPhee up as she hears Leet Brannis trying to steal the truck, which Jar- which Jarvis has sabotaged. 
She interrogates Brannis as Jarvis gets inside to get McPhee, only to discover that he isn't there. They take the truck with Brannis driving, Carter shotgun, and Jarvis in the back with the nitramine. They're driving along, and Demidoff jumps on the top of the truck. While Peggy and Jarvis try to knock Demidoff off the truck, Thompson and Dooley are having a nice ride to New Jersey. Dooley snoozing in the passenger seat. They come upon Sheldon McPhee hobbling, still atta- hobbling along, still attached to the chair that Peggy tied him to. Meanwhile, back at the fight, Peggy and Demidov are fighting on top of the truck. A stray gunshot hits the strap holding the nitramine in place, and then another hits Brannis's arm, and he loses his ability to drive the truck. One of the nitramine balls comes loose and starts to hiss. And meanwhile, back in the car, Dooley and Thompson lightly interrogate McPhee about who tied him to a chair. He replies that they wouldn't believe him if, they to- if he told them. Demonoff pulls a knife and drops a key as Peggy sees a sharp turn ahead. She tells Jarvis to get Brannis and jump clear. Then she pins Demonoff's hand to the truck with his own knife, says something cool, this is where I get off, and helps Jarvis and Brannis off the truck. The truck plunges into the water and then the nitramine detonates, detonates, causing a flash that Dooley and Thompson see. Peggy tries to get a dying Brannis to tell her where the rest of the weapons he stole from Howard are, but his vocalizer is broken. With his last bit of energy, he draws a figure in the dirt that looks like a heart with a wave going through it. He dies. Peggy Peggy erases the drawing, and they run to retrieve the car before the authorities get to the scene. At the scene, Dooley and Susan do some detective work while Thompson and Krasminski look at the view. Dooley says that there are a woman's footprints in the dirt, and Susan has found a key to room 424 at the Hotel Cosmopole. Back at Stark's spare house, Jarvis stitches up a wound that Peggy got on her leg while he tells her that she can't work alone, that she needs help and le- to let people get close to her. She says that that puts them in danger. He counters that th- that effectively is removing herself from the world she wants to protect. He continues his argument, saying that there's no one that doesn't need help. She offers Steve Rogers an excep- as an exception, and Jarvis wins the argument by saying that Stark told him how heavily Rogers leaned on her. Her desire to help people is noble, but she's never going to find success until she lets other people help her. So, uh, the things I remember mostly are... uh, The one thing that I remember mostly is uh, we talked a lot about um, uh, sort of Jack Cooley Part um, Mm 2, the the pleasant drive to New Jersey that they have. Um, And, yeah, it's a cool fight scene. A couple yeah. cool fights in this in this on this day. Absolutely. Uh there's a quite a few things that we talked about that I remember, but I think the one that I will tease uh is just simply one of my favorite moments, which is it's ten forty five in the morning. Uh and I think that that is a funny, funny moment. Right. Um, yes, yes. And it is like it again, it is so quick and then it's gone and it has no consequences to the rest of the episode or scene or anything like that but like it just paints a picture about a character and it's very funny absolutely um, a couple characters well that that's true that's a good point yeah uh and where he's like eh, oh no 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 no, 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 no. no. <laughs> of course not of course not <clears throat> anyway catch hell for this at home yeah. Um, yeah. What, home? So, what? Uh, and he's like what? uh no we're roommates anyway uh we're so eligible bachelors absolutely uh don't tell my wife and kid uh uh, kids, kid, whatever. Kids. Um, yeah, that's right. Son and daughter, right? One of them doesn't get named or credited. And oh, it's the good. Girl. That's yeah. oh no. Uh, <laughs> that is definitely just someone on productions like kid just dropping in. They're like, yeah, yeah they're not. They're not. She won a contest. <laughs> oh, that's actually worse then. Uh, okay, so listen, we are going against the timer, so we're gonna have to cut it here. But yes. I just wanted to say thank you so much for again bearing through the technical difficulties and for being here for all of this. As always. Uh, not as always, sorry, for sure. Again, the correct versions of these episodes will be up soon. 
Uh, but in the meantime, we hope that this paints um, enough of the picture and gives you the plot points that you need for uh, yesterday's episode or the last episode and the next few to make sense yeah. for you until I return to New Orleans. I think that I think that you'll see, having listened to these two plot synopses, that not only are they important for the things that you are listening to the full episodes of, but they 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 speak to each other too. Like mm-hmm. they they're important because of how they communicate with each other and set up like multiple things. Right. Each one of them has a travel kit and a typewriter, and they have to speak to each other through <laughs> uh, through space and, and time. Screw in the razor and the antenna. Got it. Right. And cool. That's it. And uh, so that's going to do it for uh, this Timeline Scavenger sketch, TSS, uh, which in science stands for Total Suspended Solids. So that's a fact that you get to take with you. And for now, I'm going to take my uh, sketch home with me. Thank you for listening. Talk to you later. As always, I'm James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. I don't get better at these. What's funny is that this is, this is a shorter ending, too. Or it was supposed to be a shorter ending, and it still wasn't possible, which I think is great. Exit. Exit what? Exit light? Excellent. Excellent. All right. Chevy Nova? (laughs) Boston Nova? Eclectic! Yeah, there you go. I'm going to hit stop. I'm going to hit stop as well. 